Father in heaven, we just want to thank you so much for Sharon. We thank you for the evidences of your grace in her life. And we bless you in particular that you gave her this incredible opportunity to go to India. And we just want to ask now that you'll really anoint her and strengthen her. We thank you for the preparation she's put into getting ready for today. And we pray that we might all be challenged and encouraged through what she shares. So we thank you for her and pray your blessing on her now. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 It's wonderful, it really is. God bless you as you lead us. Thank okay. you. All right. Well, since I've been back, I've been absolutely bursting to tell you all about it. And, you know, it's, it's constantly on my mind. India is just in there now. And um, so I just really am glad to get this opportunity to share uh, all the trip with, with you. Because it, it was, um, I'll just sort of go back. The trip was not just about Bangkok, it was not just about the vocational um, uh, training centre that, that we support. So I'm going to tell you about the whole of, of my trip, all right? So uh, when did it all begin, really? Let's go, let's go back. I think about three years ago now, um, when I think Kath had, uh, she relinquished uh, the, uh, being the coordinator for the leprosy mission, they needed somebody else. And I really felt on my heart straight away that I really wanted to do this. It's something that I've always been interested in ever since a little girl. I think learning the Bible stories about leprosy. Um, so it, it, straight away, I, I felt a, you know, a stirring in my heart that I wanted to, to do this. And it was just about at that time that Trevor Grant um, came and spoke to us. He'd recently been out to India and to the training centre, and he came and shared a, about the training centre to us. And then we decided as a missions meeting that it would be good to, to do an educational thing because we were supporting Chad in the hospital, so it would be good to so, support um, an educational centre. So that's we went with it. And then um, about early last year, uh, Trevor wanted to come and speak to us and thank us for all the contributions that we give. We are his second biggest giver um, that he looks after in his region. So um, he's, uh, he really wanted to come and thank us for the money that, that we've given. And it was at that time when we hosted him in our house and I was talking to him and I said, you know what, I'd really like to come and uh, when you go out again. <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm going out this November. I was like, oh, <coughs> okay. Right, <laughs> a bit sooner than I expected, but okay. So um, obviously then it was a case of getting the, the fundraising together and I thank my brother for, for doing that fantastic evening. And I just thank God for all your contributions that you gave to me because the whole of the trip was covered, which was just absolutely phenomenal and, and we were felt really blessed and encouraged by it. And just, again, that reaffirmment of, yes, this is right, this is right. So, as you can see in the, the slide there, this is outside of the um, hospital in Perulia, uh, the outside the church of the hospital in Perulia. That's um, the, the, uh, the staff and there's some of the, the, the team there, all of the team. So we started off on Saturday the 4th of November. We left Heathrow at about 1.40 in the afternoon. There was 10 volunteers and we had two uh, managers, um, Trevor and then... Victoria, who was the manager for the Bedford sort of area. And I had a lot of mixed emotions. I was thinking, my goodness, what am I doing? I don't know these people. I'd met them once and, you know, 
this, yeah. Um, <laughs> totally out of my comfort zone. I was, you know, lots of mixed emotion going on. I was excited, apprehensive. Uh, what am I letting myself in for? And I know I'd said to you, please pray that I will connect with somebody that, you know, because, um, you know, nearly, nearly a fortnight is a long time. But God was in control. And um, straight away, I met a really good friend with Victoria, who I still regularly, uh, you know, text and, and message. Uh, we got on really, really well. So I just really thank God that he was in it all. Uh, we changed at Dubai. It was a very quick changeover. We got to Kolkata at half past seven in the morning. So it was, um, uh, you know, a long, a long flight there. Uh, and we were about five and a half hours ahead of time. Um, it took us two hours to get through because um, the immigration, the, the wheels are slowly turning. Uh, and we got to, we were picked up by the leprosy mission staff in a little minibus. And we made our way through the streets of Kolkata to our hotel. We had time to have a bit of a lunch, have a little nap, about an hour, and then we hit the streets and um, changed some money. And uh, they took us to like a little shopping centre and some markets, which is where I got this outfit. This was actually worked out with the trousers and the everything. It was fourteen pounds. So that's not bargains, and we had one of the one of the uh, group members. He was Indian himself, and he barted. It got so embarrassing. I was like, just leave it, just, just leave it. Just but he he was convinced he was going to get a good deal for us, but he did. Um, and you know, there was like walking along the streets. There was lots of um, uh, food being cooked on the streets. There, there was noise, noise with the honking of the horns and the dodging the tuk tuks, and uh, and we were in India. So then the next day, we had a very early start. Again, it was four o'clock in the morning. Um, we had to, which one is it now? Is it the top one? The left. The, the right. So there we are. We're on the train station. As you can see, the time there, quarter to six in the morning. So yes, we were up at four o'clock in the morning. We had to get the 25 past six train. Uh, that's the, that's uh, the team there. Um, the year before, Trevor had, uh, they'd almost missed the train, so he was determined that that wasn't going to happen, so he had us up very, very early that morning. Um, and it was a six-hour train journey uh, to Perulia that we were on. Uh, we all had our allocated seats, so I think I was running on adrenaline by this time, and um, because we had about, about five hours sleep in about two days by this time. But it was good to get to know everybody, and it, it was a laugh. Um, having been six hours on a train, you know, at some point you need to go to the loo, which was quite an experience because it is just a hole in the floor and negotiating a moving train. <laughs> there was some, some logistics going on there, but there we are, not to mention other things. Uh, okay, but we got there, we got there. The other thing as well, these little porters, you know, the Bengali people are very small, very, they, they are little people. And I was amazed at the strength of these porters because they would put these big bags on, on their heads and they'd be marching along. you think they could fall over like a feather, but there we are. Okay, so we got this to Perulia. This is the guest house um, in Perulia of the, the leprosy mission. It was rustic. Um, they had two bedrooms on the top, two on the bottom. And uh, our beds I shared with a, a lady called Pauline, who was an ex-school teacher. And we had the, the, the nets over the beds, and, uh, uh, it, but it was, it was good fun. And uh, Sheila, the housekeeper, looked after us. She did the cooking. 
and, um, and looked after us during our stay. Okay, so I'll go over now. This is Perulia Hospital. Perulia was the very first hospital ever to be opened by the Leprosy Mission. This one was built in the 1970s, but the first one um, opened in 1880s. Um, and it was great. And as we wandered around one day, there were still a number of the old buildings, the charming old buildings, um, including a church uh, where there were some graves of the faithful servants of the, the leprosy missions, such as, I don't know whether anybody's heard of, of um, Eddie Eskew. He was the hospital superintendent. He'd worked for TLM for 37 years, um, for, T for the hospital for 13 and he actually had an OBE in, in 2000. He did a tremendous amount of work uh, transforming this hospital and bringing in new um, interventions and um, surgeries. Um, the main focus of the hospital is leprosy, but because it is a community-based hospital, they do um, treat other conditions, but then uh, the patients have to pay for them. But all leprosy uh, connected treatments and surgery is, is free. The ward is very, you see there on your left, is uh, very sparse. It's just literally a bed and a table. Um, nothing like we have in whole wards at all. And some very old equipment. You can see there the, an old wheelchair that I had to take a photograph of. Um, I mean, it is, it is like going back in time. But do you know what? I was just so impressed talking to the different um, uh, staff in the hospital, their, their knowledge and, and their skill and their compassion working with the people, uh, working tirelessly was, uh, was tremendous, it really was. So we were given free reign really to just wander around the hospital as we wanted and that's the um, bu very busy outpatients department and they work just the outpatients on, the, on a morning and it is, it is full. Uh, there's a, a system that they go around, they have to book in, and then they see um, a, a triage, and a, they have a body assessment that gets mapped where they have got lesions or whatever on their bodies. Then they see a doctor, and then they have perhaps their skin smears uh, to, um, for, for testing for the leprosy, and then they, they perhaps see a physio, and they go back to the counsellor then after they've had their, picked up their drugs from the pharmacy. The, the counsellor is very good because they, they educate them and to reinforce what they need to do to make sure that they understand uh, their treatment. So the hospital makes their own prosthetic glims and uh, there's the physiotherapist there. He's just shown us one of the, <laughs> the selection of limbs there that they've got. And then the other guy is making um, a leg cast uh, for supporting the leg when they go through different treatments. Uh, there we are. So, this little boy, he was a, a lovely little boy, he's called Sammy. Um, Joy Deeper, that's the, the doctor there, um, just standing next to him. She's one of the, the doctors that uh, helped run the hospital. Her and her husband uh, run the hospital. And uh, so she was doing a little ward round for us, and, and there's Sammy. And I'll just tell you a little bit um, about Sammy. So, Sammy was a boy um, who had travelled to Perulia with his father, uh, who was staying with him. All the parents or somebody, has to, an adult, has to stay with children. 
He'd previously gone a course of uh, multi-drug therapy treatment, and I'll go into that a little bit more after. Um, and he was cured of leprosy. He'd had the treatment, he'd had the drugs, so he was cured. However, he'd sto he started showing signs of drop foot and, in, and uh, was in Perulia Hospital as an inpatient having some preventative care. So he was wearing one of those um, leg casts that I just mentioned and was un undergoing daily therapy in the physiotherapy and learning massage techniques. And they used mustard oil seed because uh, the department uses... Um, the oil, because that's regularly used at their own homes, so they can carry on using that. They haven't got to use anything special, they've got that in their own home, and it's easily accessible. Um, and the techniques were taught by the, the physiotherapist. Um, me and that's Victoria there, we, we gave, we were walking around the wards and we gave Sammy um, a little card to colour. And then realising he had nothing to colour with, she gave him a pen. And just the beaming smile on this little boy's face, it was as though we'd given him something of immense value. And then as we sort of left and, and just stood by the entrance of the ward, all the other patients that were there just came around, just gathered around to see what this, this boy had received. And it was a card and a pen, you know. Um, and it was really quite sort of touching to see it. And then every time uh, we saw Sammy... Uh, he showed us the card. We did return then with a few more cards and we managed to get some colouring pencils for him and every time we saw him, he was so proud to show us this card that he coloured beautifully uh, and he kept them under his pillow um, for safekeeping. And uh, he was discharged on our last day there and uh, Trevor had seen him and his father walking around the gardens um, of the hospital. So, you know, that this, the treatment was successful and he was managing to walk. So leprosy is a bacteria and it's treated now with a multi-drug therapy which was developed in 1983. And within one day of starting the treatment, then there is no risk of spreading. Um, it's only mildly contagious and it's a relative germ of the TB. And it presents itself with raised skin lesions and it also affects the nerves. The nerves not only give us feeling but they send messages to the brain. And if nerves, nerves are damaged, then messages don't get through to the muscles. Um, and then that can cause either like um, wrist drop or foot drop, it stops them from working, the chlorine of the hands. Uh, and also eyelids then uh, don't work and they're not able to blink. The enlarged muscles can be very painful. And also you get um, what they call anaesthetic patches to the feet. So it's like, you know, the numb patches. And that leads to uh, drying and cracking, and then it causes the foot ulcers. Repeated foot, foot ulcers, uh, that's when you get the deformity because it gets into the bone and the bone starts crumbling, and, uh, and that's when uh, they start losing um, the toes and, and things like that. So the treatment, the first treatment is the multidrug therapy. It's, they start it for, uh, initially for six months, and it can go on for two years. Compliance is a big thing. Sometimes, you know, when they start feeling better, that the nerve pain goes, they stop it, and then you get this massive relapse. So education is a big, big thing. Um, and also then they, they can have physio um, or, or surgery if the physio doesn't work. The other thing is reaction. Sometimes the body reacts to the, to the uh, leprosy itself or even to the multidrug therapy. And then they, and it gets inflammation in this course, so they need to have um, steroids. Sometimes then the steroids, they get dependent on that and that's not effective. And that's when they still give thalidomide, which uh, we obviously used to use a long, long time ago. 
but they still do use that sometimes. But reaction is a, is a, a big problem and, and is not very nice at all. Um, the guy that's got the green sash with his hand held up there actually went in and saw the surgery for his. He had a hand, he was a um, hand operation. Um, he was a field labourer and his three fingers were clawed, so he was unable to work. And uh, following his amazing surgery, he, he's got to rest his hand for three weeks so he can go home at that time and then he'll come back and then he'll have about four weeks of intensive physio. And the photo there just shows the different stages and obviously the guy at the hand uh, at the end has got his uh, full fun function of his hand. I didn't put any photos of any operations in because I didn't want anybody, <laughs> although they weren't too, too graphic. But it was an ama amazing surgery, but anybody wants to ask me about that, I can go through it. So then, the next one there, so there's three, uh, three men who died, um, who were coming back in the physio for their feet, they died uh, drop foot. Uh, and uh, they are also taught then the management of, um, to look after the feet when they go home, so they have to soak their feet, and then they are taught to massage them with, with the oil uh, that they got, and then they're given sandals as well, and I'll, I'll show you a photograph <coughs> of some sandals in a, in a minute. There we are, there's the sandals. <laughs> so, um, because you know the patients can get um, foot ulcers, there's uh, the guys there, the technicians, all the, they're made there, you know, they don't get them imported, everything is made on, on site. And uh, the sandals are made from a microcellular rubber, so it's a special rubber which helps to distribute the weight evenly and prevent any ulcerations. So as we went around the, the wards, we were talking and we did some case studies, getting some information on some, some um, people. So the first one that I'm stood next to, no, the one in the middle actually. Yeah, lady in the middle um, is Salma. She's a 20-year-old lady uh, with a son who's aged two and she complained of nerve pain to begin with. Um, and then she had problems with the chlorine. She received MDT treatment on her hand and has returned to hospital for physio. Um, leprosy is grounds for divorce. There is 119 discriminating laws for leprosy. But thankfully, Salma's husband is supporting her through her treatment. And, and then we've got... Uh, Sama, who is 19 and lives at home um, with her parents. She's uh, in college at the moment and, and she would like to become a nurse. And she's had the MDT treatment for drop foot and has returned for physio. And uh, she was uh, she, talking to us about, her, you know, that she would like to get married one day. And then I was talking afterwards to the senior nurse, Anita, and she said, you know, she may have problems because she may mind, find a, a young man to marry her, but his parents then might have um, not allowed the marriage because of the stigma of leprosy. It is still so very real over there. It really is. And then finally, Munia. Um, I wrote about her in our first week this month, but I'll just recap her story. It's quite a um, horrific story. She's 25, and as a young girl, she developed patches on her legs, but her parents didn't take her to the doctor. And so the disease took hold and causing life-changing and devastating disability. She was eventually diagnosed with leprosy in 2009, and when 
Muni's parents and her brother died a few years later, they left her alone. She was alone. And in India, where Munia lives, the government offers a welfare programme for orphans like Munia to receive a monthly allowance. But in an impoverished country where um, money like this can cause jealousy and violence, Munia's uncles were so jealous that at night they came to Munia's house with petrol and set her alight. And Munia survived. And then they beat her with sticks until she escaped and she fled to the railway stations where there, a lot of begging goes on there. And she lived there for two weeks. There was a stranger there that noticed the severe ulcers and on her hands and her legs and took her to the Perulia Hospital. She now lives under the safety of the, and the shelter of the Mercy Home within the hospital. And at first, uh, she was just got around in, in a wheelchair. Uh, but thanks to the, the talented staff uh, who make these sandals, they were able to create some sandals and make some sandals so that she would be able to, she, she walks slowly around the complex there. And she loves making crafts. She's, I mean, if you saw, you can't see a close up there, but if you saw her hands, you know, they, were re they are really very, very uh, disabled. But she makes these, she knitted that scarf, she makes, made that, uh, that patchwork, really amazing. And she's just uh, an inspiring, inspiring lady. So this is the church that's on the grounds of the Perulia Hospital and weekdays the staff um, attend a service. They all have to, uh, that's, that's one of the conditions of working with the TLM, they have to meet every morning before work and they pray for specific patients in their care and while we were there we hosted the services and we put on a, one day we put on a drama of the Good Samaritan who's your neighbour and I was a robber, I enjoyed that part. <laughs> but it was lovely to hear them singing in Bengali, it was, it was lovely. And that's, uh, that's inside this, this beautiful church. So, um, you know, while we were there, we were able to give Dr. Pham and his wife, Joy Deeper, uh, some encouragement. Like I say, they run the hospital. They've been working there for 16 years. And we were talking to them one day in their, one <coughs> evening um, in their home. And... Uh, <sighs> Joy Deeper was, was saying about, you know, that they pray for their patients, that they look at their patients as a whole, they're not just treating their body, but they look at them as a whole and, and they really pray for salvation and that's the most important thing to them. And she said this, she said, leprosy decays the body and the body will always decay, but sin is leprosy to the soul and that's why they pray for their patients. And I just thought, my goodness, wow, that is just so, that is so true. That is so true. They work with such compassion, really do. So there we got four ladies, lovely little ladies from uh, that live in the Le that live in the Mercy Home that's attached to the hospital, and obviously they've been there for a long time. It was before um, the MDT treatment came out, and so they've got the the, um, the deformities, but they're under the care of the hospital there. And they were so excited to meet us straight away. They, they met us and uh, excited to see, to show us where they lived and their little garden with their plants. And then this was a, a day when we went to a leper colony. And I got to say, this was probably one of my highlights of, of the trip, to be honest. Um, going along in the Land Rover, it was it's interesting going on the roads there. There are 
cows walking along the road, so that you've got the bicycles and the, and the um, motorbikes honking and everything. It was, uh, it was, it was quite an experience. Um, so this leper colony, again, the, these um, people have been living there for a long time. There's 18 men and 16 women, and again, it was before the treatment was available. The man they're talking with, he's got the shirt and the, the, uh, the white shirt there and the trousers. He's actually the counsellor for Perulia Hospital, so he um, counsels people in the hospital, but also he's an advocate, uh, works in uh, advocacy for the people that are working in the colony. Um, you know, because he's been able to access money for the, the men and women from the government. Um, because they work, they live on the outskirts of society, they're forgotten, they're discarded, uh, you know, a lot of them can't read, they can't certainly write, they've got no fingerprints to, for identification, and so this man has done a tremendous amount of work in his role for them, and he's been able to get this, tap into this money for them. And he also uh, goes back and forth, makes sure that they're okay if they do need any treatment, if they're unwell, he arranges their Land Rover to get them picked up and takes back to the hospital. And then the, the gentleman there he's introducing is, uh, is the group leader for the... For the colony there. So they, uh, they've got their separate areas, the women's and the men's, and this is just a little row of, uh, of the accommodation. They've each got a room, and um, you know, they were very proud to, to show us around. But you know, at first, I just felt, I did feel a little bit awkward. I thought, here we are, you know, we're like tourists coming in and, and looking, you know, and I, and I just felt a little bit awkward, but they made us feel so welcome. And when we arrived there, they got all their chairs from their from their little from their dwellings and put them outside so we could sit all down. They really did feel uh, treat us like royalty, and they were so excited to meet us. Um, and then I thought, well, you know what? They probably have no or very little visitors. And uh, like I say it was one of the the highlights of my my visits. This is just a little group of of ladies. They didn't smile. You want to get them to smile because they would just stand there, just um, you know. And I was always saying, smile. But the lady in in beige, in particular, you know, they are real characters. They really are. And although you can't understand what they're saying, they get their points across. And uh, I'd taken a photograph and showed them, did you know, on my camera what what uh, the, the photograph. She didn't like this photograph at all. She didn't like it. So, okay, I'll take another one. So I took one of her on her own and stood there proud, yeah, and then I showed her. And I was like, yeah, that's, that's fine, that's fine, that's fine. She just made, she just made me laugh, she made me laugh. And, uh, and then again, uh, the guy holding the, uh, the lamp there, he was so proud to show us his solar light, his solar lamp, and his beam was just so contagious. It was, uh, he was so proud to show us. Uh, the guy there stood in his doorway of his little room. You see there, he's got his washing on his line. Um, I said, oh, stand there so I can take a photograph. And I, I took the photograph and I showed him and he just laughed. He just fell about laughing. I thought he probably has never actually seen a photograph of himself. I didn't know what he was laughing at. But he was, and then he grabbed his, his, his friend into his doorway so I could take a photograph of him as well. And again, he laughed when I showed him the photograph. But it was, it was just so lovely. It was, really, it was really nice. It was very heartwarming. And the characters, you can see that they've got companionship. You can see that they have family for each other. And it was really moving. So uh, this is back in the Perulia Hospital on the grounds there. We had um, a brown break-in ceremony, is that right? 
Um, last year for the World Leprosy Sunday, all the money was donated to the Perulia Hospital for an outpatients depart a new outpatients department. And I think they raised, I think it's about £300,000 to build this new outpatients department. And at the moment, the, um, they haven't really got kitchens on site or a canteen, so the existing outpatients department then will be made into a, uh, um, a canteen. So that'll be good. So it was really, they were so pleased that we were there and uh, to, to join in with their ceremony. And they got everybody involved. You can see some of the ladies from the Mercy Home having a, uh, a dig as well. And they were really going for it. They were, they really were with their, <laughs> there we are. So, Bankura. So we were driven to Bankura, where we were met by Gabriel, who was the principal of the training centre. He's been there for two years, and he's been really working hard um, to turn the college around and um, trying to reach um, leprosy-affected uh, young men and women um, courses. And the, the courses on offer um, are IT, mechanics, welding, and tailoring. And the, the admissions officer receive a list of potential students from Perulia Hospital and then they contact them and visit them to see if they do want to come on and uh, accept one of these courses. So that's one, one reason how they, they try and get students in. And it can be quite difficult to get students in and they're really working hard to do that. So there we are, there I am with uh, the, the mechanics. You can see there there was one lady, one young girl, um, in that mechanics course, and they had me take the photograph because Trevor uh, told this group that um, the church that I come from, that I support uh, th this training centre and that we've supported about seven students through so far, at least seven, probably more by now. And so they were just um, overjoyed and uh, they wanted a photograph, so there we are. Um, um, we were just walked around the classrooms and as we did that, um, let's say there's the welding as well as the mechanics. The, the sewing, that was, that was very interesting. Um, the, uh, they, they taught on these, the treadle machines. Now, I don't know whether any of you can remember Singer treadle machines. My mum says that her mother had one, and, but I tell, they're, they're not easy. The, the girl in front there, she's the head girl. She was giggling at my attempt at uh, having a go. The girl that stood next to me was tetting every time I broke the cotton, which was about three times. But I eventually did a whole seam. Um, whether she unpicked it when I went and redid it, I don't know. But they were making the sari, sari petticoats, uh, which would then be, um, they, they do a Christmas exhibition and then that would be sold. So there we are, there's some of the, the guys there again from the, uh, the, the mechanics. And there's, that's the, the welding. The welding department was just outside, it wasn't in the main building, you had to walk through the grounds. There's quite a lot of grounds there actually, uh, but they were very keen to show us their, their developing skills at, at welding. And then that's the, the sewing classroom there. I'll have a go. There was one man actually there as well, so it balanced it out a bit, didn't it? <laughs> and then that's the IT 
department. All the students are bought, uh, taught the basics um, in information technology, and then some then are, um, they do it as a, as a course as well. Um, Pauline, one of the, the volunteers, she had a birthday out there and uh, they really did make a fuss as we were walking around the, the different classrooms. They decorated this classroom uh, with balloons and they'd, uh, they'd done a, a, got a big cake for her. Uh, and uh, oh, I've lost my way now. Yeah. Um, she, she was really overwhelmed uh, with, it, with this cake and all the fuss that they'd, that they'd made. And she was determined that everybody would have a piece. And it might not have been feeding of the 5,000, but I think it came pretty close. It was amazing how much it did stretch that far. All the students are provided with accommodation, food and their uniforms. They have some very strict rules. We saw a, a list of rules on the wall. I think Gabriel is really, um, you know, pulling them into line. And... Um, all the students we spoke to were very happy in their chosen course uh, and really enjoying it. And uh, all the courses um, are one year, and 60% of the graduates have a better income than the national average salary. So it really is a good course. On the Saturday evening, the students had worked really hard to put together a little show for us. Um, we started outside on the grass where they showed us their skills at doing... Um, uh, uh, stilts and ac acrobatics and then we came back inside then and we were given full front seats they had some soloists and uh, some Bollywood dancing by various groups and individuals uh, but the funniest uh, event was the barber sketch that we didn't need to understand a word the, the, the guy was just so funny in what he did and we were just really had a really good laugh and it was a lovely just time to spend with these students so, again, we were talking to the different students, and this, one, this lady is called um, uh, Protima. She's 30-year-old, and she's been in the centre for four months and is very happy with the sewing course and other aspects of the training. And while receiving treatment in Perulia for a foot ulcer, she was given the application form for the training centre and was delighted uh, when she was accepted for a place. We were unable to tell when uh, Protima con contracted uh, leprosy, but at the time she was treated with one year's course of the MDT. As it was caught early, she had no leprosy-affected physical problems. Um, and as there was no leprosy in her family or immediate circles, she, she was very... Um, it was a mystery to us how she caught it, and, and it caused a great worry. Um, she couldn't understand how or why she'd been infected. And she subsequently had become very depressed. <coughs> she, we gave, she gave the impression that the schooling had ceased at about grade 10 and her father had died and, was unable to get, and she was unable to get work and stayed at home to look after her invalid mother. She has two brothers and two sisters and Protima's uh, leprosy had caused a considerable rift in the family. Her eldest brother, who was married, would not come near the home while she was there. Her second brother left home when she was diagnosed and refused to visit. Her older sister had married and her husband's family would not allow any association with Protima and her, young, and her younger sister's fear of her chances of marry, if Protima was round, was very, very slim. So it was a really 
very sad situation. Um, she worried about who would protect her when her, her mother died, and she was fully aware that her siblings wouldn't look after her, and their attitudes were so negative that they might cause her harm. She said that there was a great need for her to stand on her own. Her need to be independent had given her such a drive and a determination to finish the course. She said, when I finish, I will go wherever I can get a job. She expressed a sincere hope that on completion, she would qualify well enough to live independently. And although she didn't seem very hopeful, she would like to be married someday. And, you know, we would take, I was asking questions, Pauline was taking notes. And, um, you know, there was such um, a determination that she needed to succeed that it, it, she just really, you know, just could really get to you. And Pauline just leaned over to her and took her hand and she said, Sharon is married and has led a full, happy life. I'm not married and I have led a full and happy life. You too, whether you marry or not, can lead a full and happy life. By this time, I am filling up because it was just, I just it was so, it was so emotional. And, uh, and she said, I will do it. I will be victorious. I will do it because I know I have to stand on my own. I know there is nobody else and I have to stand on my own. So, you know, when we send this money, this, this is the type of people. These, you know, these students are so uh, grateful for everything that we do and everything that we give to them. We just think it's a few pounds in, in, in an envelope. But these are life-changing. These are so life-changing. And it was such a pleasure um, to, to go and to talk to, to people. So, and I said, I promised, and I said, I will remember you, and I will pray for you, and I do, I, will, I do pray for her. So the next day, we went on a field trip. So we went out and visited uh, some of the students that have now graduated. And this is Money. She's a 28-year-old and attended the centre in, um, finished in 2008, so a good while ago now. She, was, uh, she did a sewing course and now works in a government factory in Kolkata. And although she's well-trained in a variety of sewing skills, her current job is making T-shirts and leggings. But for this, she earns earns 12,000 to 13,000 rupees a month. And compared to the 2,000 or 3,000 for manual labor, this is, you know, a huge amount. She's got free accommodation and boarding and the company flat sharing with um, other girls in, in the same factory. And the government gives her um, two holidays, two or three times a year, but they were given, she was given special additional leave uh, to allow her to come home. This is her parents' house and to take part in this, this visit and to meet us. She was obviously very happy in her job and proud of her achievements and pleased to be held in such high regard. We didn't discover during the course of uh, talking to her when money had leprosy or involvement of the treatment, but she's obviously moved on from a very unhappy and disadvantaged past and was firmly focused on the satisfying present and successful future. When we visited, uh, when we visited Money in her home, and we were invited to sit in the very clean and orderly yard outside, uh, the family mud-built um, home there. 
uh, this thatched building was very neatly finished with paint and uh, a water wash for the external walls and obvious care internally as we looked around um, we could see the pictures on the walls inside and the, the ceilings had um, like old saris that, uh, to decorate the ceilings. The whole area was spotlessly clean and tidy. Uh, and then round the, the back of that, that house, um, there was a growing big brick building, um, the parents' new home in the small garden. She and her brother are, are cultivating um, herbs and beans, and there's a huge banana tree. The family consists of a mother and a father. The father was out at work. The mother was not happy that the father was not here because it was a very special occasion, um, but he, he didn't get home in time. <coughs> the elder brother is now working, and the younger school-aged brother lives at home. Money was aware that she was a, when she was a child that the, the family needed support but wasn't able to help at the time. But with her current employment, she is able to support the family's needs and building a substantial house for her parents, buying the bricks, and when she has money to spare, her ambition, I want, her ambition was, to, I want to, buy, to build a house to make mother and father safe, and then she'll think of her own future. So they literally are buying a brick at a time to, to build this house. <clears throat> and then we went on, um, this is Abdul, just like that, on the foot on the lever. Um, he, we had to wait some time for him because his grandmother had died the day before, you know, it was over in India, the, um, you know, the funerals of the, the next day very close together. And there were some very curious neighbours that were coming in to look to see what all the, the fuss was about. But Abdul is 29 and he completed a, a mechanics course in 2016. He's the eldest and there's three brothers and two sisters. And because his father had leprosy, there was the stigma that had caused this family and it would be difficult for Abdul to get work. So on completion of the course, he's now employed in a hospital repairing equipment and he's been able to buy a motorbike so we can get back and forth to work. And he contributes to the family. His sister was able to marry well because of him, because uh, of his financial help. And, um, and he would like to, to build his own house, he said. And uh, I think they're looking for a wife for him at the moment. So. Okay. Uh, the, the guy there in the middle, he was also did a mechanics course. He, he had leprosy himself. Uh, which is now cured, and he's a supervisor in the Suzuki garage there. And, uh, and then that, this is Gabriel standing next to me, who is the, uh, the principal. He's married, he's got two children, and he lives in the ground. Um, he also looks after a, a mercy home as well, which was a hospital, a TLM hospital, which had closed down, but because they couldn't find uh, places to go for the... Uh, um, the men and women there, they actually opened it up as a mercy home, so then they look after them as well. So, like in um, Perulia, they meet every day for a church service, and uh, uh, here, the, the, the students, they always sit, the girls on the left and the boys on the right. And through an interpreter, Trevor in introduced all the volunteers and explained. Um, he, he was very good because he, he didn't just say, England, we're from England. He said, from England and Wales. He included me. I was the only one, Welsh one that from representing Wales, but he made sure that we were represented. And uh, he, again, he explained to the, to the church that um, Mariah support the students that, as a sole venture. And um, I was able then to just say a few words to the students 
and I told them that um, we send out their lo our love to them and our greetings and that we pray for them and that they're in our hearts and that I'm always nagging Trevor for information and updates, which he, he agreed. So it was nice to give that opportunity. There's all the, the young men there um, in the church. So then we, we left Bankura and got to Kolkata. We had just a little bit of time then, so it was a Sunday afternoon. They took us to Mother Teresa's house, which was really interesting, uh, just to read a little bit about her life. Obviously, I'd obviously heard about her, but it was, it was very interesting. And then that's the Victoria Memorial. Um, we didn't have time to go inside, but we walked around the beautiful gardens. Uh, it was really a, a nice time there. And then the next day, then we went to... Um, uh, the hospital in Kolkata, uh, Premamanda Memorial Hospital. Um, that's um, Helen Roberts. She is the superintendent of the hospital. She runs the hospital. She's also a, a consultant um, ophthalmologist. Uh, this was the hospital where Princess Diana, because she was um, the, the patron of the TLM, and she visited the hospital and caused quite controversy by sitting on a bed and holding the hand of the patient. And um, uh, Helen was there at that time and, and she had met her. We were warmly greeted as we arrived at the hospital and we were given this beautiful garland that Sally is wearing of marigolds that, that, that were absolutely um, gorgeous. I'd taken some, you can see that's my hand there, I'd taken some instruments, some eye instruments, some little um, eye speculums and um, I'd given some to the Perula Hospital, but I kept some as well, and then I gave some to, to them, because we throw these things away. We live in a disposable society. We just throw things away. They, they're obviously able then to um, sterilise them, and she was, she was delighted, and I have promised her to send her some more. She couldn't believe that the amount that we, when I told her how many we throw away a week. The hospital is five storeys high, and... Uh, uh, a year ago, they were asked if they had a wish list, what would that be? And they responded very quickly, a lift. <laughs> the existing lift could not hold a hospital bed. And so it meant that they were carrying the patients after theatre up and down the, this, this, these floors. It's unbelievable. So TLM joined forces with another charity and raised enough money and a lift was installed. It, it took about nine months, it was quite a big project, but it was installed. And she was so keen to, to Helen was so keen for us all to get in this lift uh, and to go in this lift. She was so, so grateful. And as we were leaving on the, the one day, uh, one of the staff, one of the nurses, just grabbed my hand and shook it and she said, thank you so much. Thank you so much for this lift. Uh, it's made such a huge difference to, to, the, to us and our backs. So uh, it was. Um, and as before, we, we meet in one of the rooms and have a, a service and, uh, with a TLM for prayers and devotions before they start work. And we're joined with a, a group of nuns from the Mother Teresa's Order Missionary of, of Charity. Uh, they, they, the hospital provides a course, puts on a course for the sisters and they go out then to the, the fields, to the villages. They see and assess patients to see if... Um, they, they teach them basic um, baseline observations and um, what to look out for, any signs of leprosy or what needs to be referred into the hospital. 
So they were, that was before their, their classes uh, where they joined us. And I was sat next to one of the nuns there. And when they were just you know, singing a song, their singing was just, just so beautiful um, that you really could feel the presence of God in that room. Uh, and I just sat there and just listened. And it was really, really lovely um, with that. And during the service, uh, Dr. Helen gave a, a, you know, a little talk. And she gave us all um, a homemade card, which I will show you. So we all had one of these little homemade cards, the different ones made that the nurses had done. And uh, you can come and have a look at this after if you want. And also, they gave us these just delightful little, little sandals, representing the sandals that, that they make for the patients. So they really are lovely. So if you, anybody wants to come and have a look after, and this is made out of the actual uh, materials that they use so that was really nice and um, she was so grateful and again she started filling up when she was just thanking us so much for the uh, for the gift of the the money for the lift uh, that was taken from the top of the hospital you can see the uh, quite um, important looking the, the bridge the Howara bridge over there and uh, and that was from the window, just all the little tuk-tuks that were uh, out there. And then this is the, the garland that I had. I just thought I had to take a photograph. Um, you know, so I've been on this amazing, amazing journey. It has just been so life-changing for me. Like I say, not a day goes by where I think of the people that I met uh, and the lives. Uh, the experience was so humbling uh, and so rewarding and a huge learning curve uh, and about the condition itself. Um, I feel so blessed that I was given this opportunity, um, hearing so many inspiring stories and, and meeting people. But you know, none of this work, none of this work can be done without you. And you, you know, without your support, without your prayers for... for um, for the TLM, I've, you know, when you give to charities, you, you just wonder where the money is going. And I've seen where it goes and the people, it's, it's so um, inspiring. Um, and they are just so, so very grateful. So thank you very much.